ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. We are currently in our series, Mountaintop Experiences of Christ. If you enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends and family. All right. Thank you for joining me today. Today on the podcast, I have my wife, Avery, and we have Darby, and we will be talking through the sermon today. But first, I would like to ask Darby um, about having Derek Miner for the the youth. Um, We had him at the church, and a couple of other churches kind of joined in as well. Uh, Derek Miner is a a rapper. And do, do you listen to his music? I do. I'm a big yeah. Christian rap, uh, hip hop okay. fan there. So, uh, so tell us about the event. How did it go? It was good. We had a great turnout of kids, of youth. We had at least like 140 people, maybe. Yeah. Um, with both youth groups, and they were all just super energetic and super excited. And he he gave a great message. It was a it wasn't your typical you know church message. It was kind of. I was telling you earlier about yeah. neuroplasticity, which was very sciencey, and I was like, "Yikes, I'm back in college." Which makes <laughs> so. gives me butterflies because <laughs> Eric, you were the first one who exposed me to neuroplasticity while you were in PT school, mm-hmm. and I love that topic because it's very um, hopeful, like changing neural pathways and getting out of um, old patterns, which old patterns yep. can a lot of times be sin. Yeah, and so the way that God has made us is ability to make new pathways and and make decisions and choices and perspectives that are away from sin and bad choices that walk us down negative roads, yes, yes. even when we don't intend it. So, so I love that. So you weren't even at the Derek Meyer thing, but you no. pretty much give us a summary of, of what he talked about. I was telling Darby though, I because she was like, I was like, is this science class? I don't, what is happening? Yeah. And um, a little yes. out there. And I was telling her in my Embrace Grace group, I'll talk to the pregnant moms about neuroplasticity. And I need a better pitch with it because I'm not like well-versed in the topic in, in to teach it. I'm excited about the topic, but... I think I'll lose them sometimes. Yeah. And they're like, what is this girl talking about? <laughs> the term itself is just very long. It's right. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is an off-putting term where it's you're like. Neuroplasticity. How yeah. is this associated with God? But yeah. it is. It's the way God has created our brains. and yeah. yeah. So no matter what, you know, past experiences we have or past uh, addictions may, we may have, like God has made our brains to be able to rewire neuroplasticity, the neurons that fire together, wire together, the connections become more, um, you know, ease of access. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, a interesting thing. you could take it, you know, many ways of going through. Yeah. And if you take a real life example, so it's like, if you grew up in a home where, uh, I think of like women who are, you know, embrace grace and like, they have a dad that, um, doesn't treat them well. And then it flows into them finding a relationship with a man that doesn't treat them well. It translates, but it's like you have to break those neuroplastic uh, patterns that were made at childhood of, okay, this is what love looks like from a man. You have to break that to find what does the love actually look like, and you have to make new neural pathways. And God really has created us where we have that hope where it's like the patterns of what I grew up in or I have um, created for my life or that has been created for me can change um, through his mercy and through some work that we can do. And I don't know, it's a beautiful thing. Very hopeful thing. Yeah. 
And yeah. so how cool, like, to talk to about, like, teenagers. <laughs> yes, yes. I think I would have been like, how did the teenagers respond to that? It Were was, they like, it was, what is going on? It was on? interesting. A lot of them... Um, <laughs> You know, he did a Q&A at the end, so it was really cool to see. Some questions were really silly, and he was just like, hey, it's your time, you know, ask me whatever you want. But then he also got really deep, so, like, when someone would ask a question about his faith or about him growing up, because he shared part of his story of what it was like growing up and being poor and all that stuff. And, you know, one of the kids was going through something, and they asked him a question, and it was just cool to see how he— kind of connected with them, but it was like they were the only two people in the room. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people, when they do Q&As or whatever, they may think that— you know, they've got to address all these questions so they don't so make me feel like you're not welcome. But, you know, like you don't have that much time with them. But he yeah. just made everyone feel welcome. And <clears throat> that was really cool. He's a super sweet guy. Yeah. 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 I think sometimes like the Q&As can come off as like preachy or, you know, but it sounds mm-hmm. like he was very personal with the um, the yes. youth. And okay. I think, yeah, having more people that, you know, youth can look up to have a positive, you know, message in life and uh, can come talk to people, and you know, I think that's that's great. I'd like to. That'd be nice to have more of that in the church. Yeah, uh, bringing did, people in. Did you guys have a like a Christian like? Uh, I guess it's like pop or mainstream like person that you looked up to. Because I can't think of one that I looked up to, like athletes. I looked up to, like you <laughs> did know, they have like I'm thinking like faith based, like when you were like growing up in the as far as that like helped influence like your faith where it's like this is cool or this is um I want to be like them like music wise or just I don't know just in general like I don't I don't think I did I I think it was more just like the people in my community like the um you know mentors I have more locally I can't think of anybody like celebrity people that were that yeah. Um, I think you? I think they they've come a long way. I feel like celebrity Christian celebrities mm-hmm. have become a little bit cooler than it was Christian maybe. Christian music has come a long way too. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, Christian 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 rap uh yeah, back I when I was I will say yeah, like the <laughs> fact that you said you like hip hop and rap, I'm like I can't think of anybody that I mean Lecrae I is yeah. now like he but he was later mm-hmm. for us like when we were in our oh, later yeah. 20s, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um not so like, your so your generation and the generations that you have to you know mentor yep. as well are having much better I guess Christian rap hip hop yes. influences. It gives a so. good selection of music, you know, because when you think about Christian music, sometimes you're like, oh, it's just slow worship songs, but yeah. it brings some fun to it. That Jesus is also kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go. like that because you went to a concert recently, didn't you? Like a rap concert. Yes. Yep. Who yes. did you go see? Uh, well, we went to Rock the Universe, and they oh. had Holvey, and he's one of the newer Christian rappers. Okay. So he was part of, like, the Lecrae group kind of type set of artists. But, yeah, they're super energetic. But they always bring it back to Jesus and kind of do, like, he has this one song called Holy Spirit where he kind of invites people to ask Jesus into their lives. So That's, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's really neat. Nice. Yeah. So have to uh, research some more Christian yeah, rap. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know anything about it, but— Anyway, so maybe we should shift gears, talk a little bit about the sermon, just yeah, for a brief moment. Let's do it. Um, so we are continuing in this series of the mountaintop experience of Christ, and Pastor Tom gave the message today, kind of kicking it off, talking about you know where where he was on nine eleven uh, when you know the that happened, or he talked about some different um, buildings that he he's been in, uh, places that he's been to that kind of have bridged that gap of being, you know, more spiritual or you 
have like a deeper feeling when you're there. Um, do you guys have any examples in your life, any places that you've been, uh, memorials, things like that, that you've felt that sense of, you know, being more than just like the physical kind of that spiritual connection as well? Anything come to mind? I, I'm going to read his quote from his sermon okay. that says, <laughs> that says, um, like when he's at, like he was referring to when he's at the Pearl Harbor Memorial and how it made him felt. And it reminded him of God's majesty, his holiness, his greatness, and my smallness. Certain places deserve that kind of respect because of what it represents. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, I do, uh, I do feel that at the church when we're in worship. Like, I think I feel really small when we're in worship. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily like the, it's obviously not the building, but what worship like ushers in is that separation of his holiness and my smallness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I, I would say that um, being at like a big conference, like a like passion conference that I've been to, I feel like at moments I have felt like that, you know, just having like, you know, taking the time to like just realize like everybody coming together, um, you know, around that purpose of, of Christ. And also I feel like I get that feeling when, um, you know, I've gone camping or different, you know, outdoor trips and just looking up at the sky, I feel like that is like where I sense like this deeper, this more like, yeah, like I'm, I'm small, like th there's such like this vast, you know, universe outside. And, um, yeah, I feel like I get that connection with that more, but yeah, I agree. I would just say like the church is one of the biggest places or as you said, like worship, um, especially when we're just, you know, kind of not focusing on what's going on around us. Um, or even like when I take my dog for walks, I'm just like, I take a deep breath and I'm like, wow, like, look at, if God can create this, you know, how much better can it get? And it's incomprehensible, but it's just one of those things where it's like, you just kind of slow down everything in life. And, um, yeah, being with other believers really sets that, gives us that mindset of how great God is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like having those experiences where like we are able to just get outside of ourselves a lot. A lot of times we go through our days and we get focused on little distractions of, you know, what's going on, you know, little things that annoy us, you know, things like that. When we're in the presence of sometimes like those, those, um, you know, memorials or like those experiences, like you kind of, you, you drop all that, like all of those other things, like just kind of wash away. Cause you're in the presence of, you know, something that has like this weightiness to it and you're able to kind of, um, I don't know, just dispel all those other, you know, thoughts or distractions that kind of come up. Yeah. I think, uh, I think those, those encounters don't necessarily come often, right? Like it's like when we see the same thing every day on our way to work or on our way to our routine, it like with repetition, it loses its like glimmer of mm -hmm. like, um, even worship sometimes, you know, if we're coming in late or, or just, you know, everyone has different moods. You come in when you're just in, not in that like headspace. And I, I think that's like a human thing. I don't mm -hmm. think it's like, oh, you need to, um, always feel this fire, you right. know, in worship. Right. Cause I think that's not what worship is about feeling the fire. It's about being obedient and worshiping and, and giving him praise and glory. And then 
the aftermath of that is some you'll feel the 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 holiness of God or his spirit and that um that creates that emotional response but i wonder you know what a perspective ch- switch that needs to happen at least for me where i'm like at the park like you know with the kids like you're talking about with your dogs and just being like oh wow god you are so holy like look at your like your creation mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah i i think uh, just thinking on that, like when your dad was giving the the references of like these places, the Pier- the Pearl Harbor Memorial, you know, St. Uh, Peter Basilica, you know, you know, people to go on pilgrimages to go to these locations for once, maybe in a lifetime, maybe once every, you know, couple of years. Like it's yeah. these very infrequent um, times that we're able to experience that. And like you said, I think sometimes the mundaneness of life of just coming some, like, I wonder if those, those places would have the same experience or those, the same feeling if you went to them every day. Yeah. No. And so how do we keep that experience in the church? Because we should have that, um, you know, experience of coming into this holy place when it is more of like a routine or even like the people like serving, like, it's like you you right. see the building as just like this extra stop in your daily routine rather than like this weightiness. And how, how, I guess the question would be, how do we keep that holiness of the church? And I guess that's why, you know, Jesus got, you know, angry with them because it was beginning to be like this place of just marketplace and mm-hmm. all of that. So I guess what, what are, what are some ways that we, personally or as a church can can keep the church as that kind of holy place right anything come to mind i would just say stay rooted in god's word because if you're spending time with him and you continue to stay in relationship with him he's going to reveal himself to you and so that's going to open your eyes i guess to see how big he is how great he is how mighty he is but also just surrounding yourself with people who are rooted in their faith because i mean you it takes a whole lot of other people, which is why we have the church, right? To keep us grounded in our faith and to kind of remind us. Like, I mean, some days I'm struggling to remind myself of how good God is and someone will just tell me their story or their testimony or something that's going on in their life and how God is moving. And that's super encouraging because we need other people to remind us because by ourselves, as Pastor Tom says, like no one grows in isolation. It's hard for us to do life by ourselves. Like it's not going to, if you want to have a strong relationship with God, you need to surround yourself with people who are also pursuing God in a way that, you know, pushes you towards him. And so I think that it's super important that we just, you know, take really build those connections with other people, but also be intentional with spending time with God. Cause sometimes, you know, spending time with him, it's like a checklist thing. Like, okay, if I just spend five minutes with God today, I can get that out of the way and then I can go on about doing whatever it is I need to do. But just thinking about, and I like to, you know, pray before I spend my time with God, but you know, thinking about how how great he is, how like big he is, how we can't mm-hmm. comprehend him, um, and just kind of refocus our mind that he's bigger than the earth, right? Mm-hmm. He's bigger than all of his creation, and yet he's still very intentional about having a relationship with us. So if you just, I think, think about it that way, it's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, like, just continue, like like you're saying, like continue seeking, right? And seeking expansion of of your faith and in your involvement and your connection. Because sometimes I think if you're like, I only serve in this area, 
and I'm committed in this, like you have just like one thing that, you know, if it becomes like a checkoff, um, it gets mundane, right? Like we need newness. We need challenges. We need like excitement. We need like that, like that's part of growth and um, we need to be obedient where he has called us. But if, if you feel like you're losing interest in like the, the way that you're serving or connecting or what groups you're in, like go to a different group, find like some other people that you're serving alongside with, like expand it. Um, and I think that keeps us on our toes a little bit. Um, going on a missions trip, like that's new. Like things yeah. that push you out of your comfort zone is going to, in response, like you're going to see God in a different way. And mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And also um, I was thinking as well, like, you know, just bringing new people to the church, like that can kind of bring that freshness, keep that freshness. Cause the first time somebody experiences something like, can like be contagious. Like it's right. like when, you know, for me, I mean, obviously I, I loathe Disney. I like, I, I can't stand it, but like bringing the kids to Disney <laughs> and seeing like yeah. their joy and like, they're just like, Whoa, this is really cool. Like kind yeah. of, it like rubs off on you. So like, I feel like that's, you know, part of like that call to evangelism, like we're, why we're told to, you know, go spread the word, but like, you know, bringing new people to church, getting to see them experience maybe worship for the first time, or maybe, um, what that can do, that contagious, you know, feeling, um, can be helpful of keeping that fresh. Yeah. I, 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 I think it was on Instagram where it's like, someone was like, they were making a joke. There's like nothing more annoying than a new Christian because <laughs> they just talk like, you know, uh-huh. she's kind of going off like, like their excitement and they want to share and they yeah. want to, but like, you know, it shouldn't be annoying. Right. It should, it should be like, it's like, it gives you a freshness of like, oh, they found like, they found the truth and right. they're excited to share with it. Yep. And um, like, it's just, I think having that, that, that kind of, yeah, like you said, like exposure to that with new Christians or like people who are, um, are, are, have had a mountaintop experience like who um, Elizabeth just talked about the mission trip you went and like you can go back and listen to the sermon you haven't, but like when she shares, she's excited. Like she's, mm-hmm. she's like calling people to go and like, and, and you get goosebumps, you know, and the same thing where like, you know, someone is leading worship and there you can tell the Holy spirit is moving through them. It gives you goosebumps, yep. you know, and, and it, and it gives you that, uh, that awe experience of like, Oh, you are God, like mm-hmm. you are holy. Let me step back out of my, like my comfort zone with you and step back and have a posture of reverence and on my knees. Uh, Cause that's what those experiences do. It brings you down to your knees. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's why it's so important to just make this place, you know, obviously we are planning for that, you know, building for tomorrow program of, you know, expanding the church, like having a new sanctuary, you know, building that, but like, obviously just like keeping that in perspective of like what the building means and, you know, what it can mean for people down the road and in the future and keeping that holiness, you know, as a, a a really big perspective of it, because like, if we lose that, we're just going to be, it'll just be like another building that, you know, doesn't mean anything. And so, um, but yeah, when uh, he referenced, so from Mark eleven seventeen. Is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. And so obviously 
when Jesus, you know, saw what was being done and coming and flipping the tables and, um, you know, really just being, uh, you know, ashamed of kind of what was going on there and how, how, um, you know, it's important for us to just keep that in perspective of, you know, making sure that our place of worship is not something that we just are coming to and just checking the box or it's not something that we're just coming in and, um, but yeah, it should be this, this holy place that really, you know, helps people, you know, come to Jesus and is just like a, an environment for that to be fostered more. Um, but yeah, so, uh, he go on, goes on to say this temple represents God's presence. Um, and so it's, you know, he talks about the Ark of the Covenant that represented God's presence and not just the rest of the temp- temple. Um, but he asked about it, you know, what does it mean? And it, so his answer was that the people of Israel needed it. And so did the nations because the temple served as a reminder of God's presence with his people. The temple wouldn't let them forget who they are chosen by God. This structure called people together to worship this one true God. The temple served as a testimony of God's love for people, all people. And it was a massive set of buildings uh, that declared the greatness of God and his greater purpose. Um, anything stand out to you guys there when kind of talking about, you know, the, the perspective of, you know, how that, how that was for, for Jesus then? What scripture are you reading off of? So I was, I was quoting your, uh, quoting Pastor Tom with that. Um, but the one that, you know, I referenced was Mark eleven seventeen. Oh, yeah. Is it not written? Yep. You got that one. Yeah. I think, I think it is a good, um, I don't know if that's what you're asking, but I was thinking in the sermon where it's like, this was a good pairing with like, he's talking about the church building and like the purpose of the church building, it has purpose, not, um, uh, not, it's not for our glory. It's for God's glory. And so like these, these, um, leaders or religious leaders gently shift over time. I don't think it was intentional, right? Like I think it was just like compromise, compromise, compromise. And over generations and generations, it got to this point where it's like, you have to pay a huge fee in order to even enter the temple to do your sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And um, and because of that compromise, it became so difficult to approach God or it, people were probably turned off or they lost their honest of God because it became such a uh, standard like routine. And so I think like it's good to kind of paint that picture of like, okay, what is the church supposed to be? Why does God love the church? And how do we get in the way of that sometimes? And I think people, especially people who are coming in new and they're talking about like, give to our church building, give to our church building. And like people who have been, you know, burned by the church or their perspective of the church is like, oh, they just want you to give money. It can like really be this like, oh, they just want your money. They just Mm -hmm. want your money. And what are you going to do with that money? You know, and I think that's a justified question because of the history of the church where leaders have made compromises. But I think this, this sermon grounds us in like, what is the purpose of the church and why do we need to like, you know, fight for it and fight for its growth and how do we do it in the way that God has intended? Mm. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, what came to mind there was, you know, you know, it's being like this gathering place of worship, you know, first and foremost. And, 
I think about, you know, how the church has looked from previous generations to now and how some, you know, people that are um, older, I guess, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, may, may have been a little bit more skeptical of bringing in drums and bringing in, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. electric guitars and things like yeah. that and how they could see that as, you know, tainting the, yeah. you know, mm. gathering worship place of, the holiness. of Christ. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess how, how, what would you say to somebody that is like, you know, talking about different things like that, that, um, that they feel are, you know, yeah, desecrating the, the temple of God or, uh, how do we make sure that we're not doing that? Like, how do we make sure we're being culturally relevant where people can connect with God and not, but not so culturally, n- never like compromising, like the truth of Jesus or mm-hmm. like, um, you know, watering it down mm-hmm. and, and that like, we should all have a posture towards, you know, God in a certain way. I think we just kind of have to really humble ourselves before God, like before we go and do worship or before we are preparing a sermon for, you know, service, um, kind of just ask what God wants us to do and let him handle the rest. Kind of like, um, what he, I think it was PT, what he said a few weeks ago, um, you know, it's our job to love people but just stop trying to be God and trying to take care of everything else yeah. because God already knows their heart. He already set this in motion years and years before we were ever created. Um, and so I think that as long as we're really just seeking him and searching for him and letting ourselves get out of the way, like stepping out and being like, okay, God have your way in this place, let your will be done that he's going to move regardless of, you know, whatever we plan or whatever songs we decide to sing that when, his spirit's over his people. It's game over right. for all of us in our mm-hmm. plans. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's good to have like people who are older in the church being like, Whoa, I think what's happening, like we might be, you know, compromising this or like, and they don't necessarily have to be older. It can be a younger person. And then people who are like, I think, you know, bass guitar is okay. Or, you know, like, I mean, talking about right. superficial things, cause that's mm-hmm. superficial now, but uh, I bet at the time it didn't feel superficial. Um, and I think having those checks and balances, obviously you go back to scripture and it was like, okay, is the message of Jesus is the only way to heaven that um, he is, he is the only way through salvation. Like those basics are getting hit probably like a lot of the cultural self doesn't matter. But I think uh, even like the reverence towards God, I think our posture to God is something that like, I think our generation can lose. I think of us as parents, like we have kids and teaching, like parenting, there has always been a parenting shift with each generation. And I, I feel like it's shifting um, again, like, and so I think about like, um, you know, my dad was like crazy with like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he was like crazy about like the posture to, um, towards Jesus. Like if you're praying, like you're not acting off, you're not like, you're, you're like going to have reverence, even like the memorials. It's like you, like he would prepare us like, cause he's a big history buff. So he loves all that stuff. <laughs> And so we would go to a lot of memorials <laughs> we were, like on our vacations and, um, and it would be like, do not talk you like, and he would, you know, make sure like this is, you're going to have reverence towards this. 
And I would say I probably don't have that intensity with my kids as the same. But then I start to question, I'm like, okay, is Zeke starting to like goof off and praying? Because he's six. And so like, I do think there has to be intentional, like, like teaching, I don't know, like this reverence and this posture towards Jesus. Because I want him to grow up with like respect and a posture to Jesus that is not like you are a friend of God, but he is holy. Like mm-hmm. there is separateness of God. I don't know where I got that, why we went <laughs> off that. But I was just thinking about that during like the sermon, maybe the memorial, like going back to, you know. Yeah. It's important that we also, I guess, have that fear of God. Like, yes, he is loving. He is friendly. But he, at the end of the day, he is God. And we are just his creation. So kind of just remembering that. Yeah. I think that was my thing where it's like, I'm taking what my dad taught me, you know, of like where he put a draw a line in the sand. Right. And he was like, this is where you don't draw. Like, this is who God is and this is how you're going to approach him. And that instilled in me. And so I want like, when we're now parenting, it's like, I want to like that foundation to like pass on Um, and so I think that's like where it's nice to have different generations speak into like, you know, do you know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. I, I, I think that, yeah, that's, it's important. Like, like you said, that's why it's good to, you know, have a church that with, you know, such diversity and such, um, you know, differences in culture and all that stuff, because that melting pot obviously, you know, adds to the whole experience of, of Christ. And, um, when, when you, I know for me, it, it was at first like coming from, you know, a church where it was not as, um, I guess the, the worship wasn't, wasn't as, you know, expressive, I guess it was more of just kind of, you know, melancholy. I don't know. I don't know what to say, but, um, you sang your two songs or three songs before the sermon yeah. and you stood and there. So, yeah. so coming to different. center point was a big, you know, shift for me just to, you know, see how they did, you know, worship and all that. And, um, you know, I think that having those different perspectives and having those different, um, you know, I guess differences in, 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 in worship, like it doesn't, it doesn't dilute it. It, it adds yeah. to it. And so oh, like, yeah. so my, my feeling at first was I was kind of resistant because it felt like it, it was almost like too performative. It was yeah. too more, you know, I, you know, about the whole, um, the show like kind of thing rather, right. rather than the, you know, experience of connecting with God. But mm-hmm. I think that you can, you know, look at it, you can look at, you can poke holes in different things, but it's, you know, coming together. It is, you know, how, how that, you know, is just, is just a difference just because it's different doesn't make it bad. And so how do we, you know, that's a question of differences. in like you were talking about the reverence of God, you know, having that respect and for our kids, how do we bring up the, the next generation to, you know, have not fear differences because I feel like, you know, that can be, you know, a negative thing to go down, but how, how do you respect differences in, you know, culture or uh, things like that, but don't dilute who God is. Yeah. Cause I think right now our generation is very, or like our kids generation is very much so inclusive, right? Like that is the shift of like, of schools and, and, teachings is all of inclusivity and like, is that a word? Inclusivity? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, (laughs) Being inclusive. And, you know, I think 
there, like that is like, I mean, the Bible does talk about like, it is, a, this is a meeting place for all nations, all people of different backgrounds and different experiences and different burdens and sins and brokenness. And, but the call to everybody, no matter where they're at is the same is surrender and finding salvation in Jesus. And so I think there is like this, we do have to navigate that like of, of, you know, you can do, be you, you just do you like that is like our kids generation and maybe the teenager generation of just like, do you just whatever feels good. And it's like, how do we speak into that where it's like diversity is good because it what is what grows us is what changes us. It's honestly why Eric and I chose to come back to center point. When we first moved here, we tried other churches because I didn't want to just come to a church just because right. my my parents yeah. you know are at the church. Like I wanted us to be more intentional, and we tried other churches, and nothing bad about any of the churches. But this felt like home because it felt like such a diversity with the age differences that mm-hmm. were available here, with the demographic, the economic. Like there's yep. such a diversity here, and that's what makes this church better. (laughs) You know, any church, any church that has more diversity is going to be better as long as it's speaking the truth of salvation in Jesus. Jesus is the only way to heaven. And then all the other stuff can be debated, right? But I think that is something that you have to navigate with, you know, the, your kids and with the next generation. What are your thoughts? Because you work in um, youth, yeah, I think, I mean, the biggest thing is it's hard to teach, I guess, or show that you need to surrender, like, in order to live for God. Like, he's going to ask you to give up some things or give up some friendships. And, you know, if you look into hindsight back, at least in my life, I'm like, okay, well, it wasn't a big deal now. But going through it, I, it was like sure. the scariest thing for me to be like, okay, God, like, if this isn't a friendship that's for you, like, take it away. And then, you know, he would take it away. And I'm like, well, why'd you do that? So <laughs> yeah. I think— you know, in a culture and a society where it's like, just do whatever you want, as you'd said, um, you know, sometimes God calls us to do difficult things. But I was watching a video, I think it was on Instagram the other day, and she was talking about how like, nothing matters except for when you get to heaven and standing before God and him being like, well done, my good and faithful servant. Um, And if you just think about it in that perspective of you know, what are we doing down here? Like, you know, it gives you, it gives me like the motivation and the encouragement to go out and want to be a good example of who God is. And, you know, we're not going to be perfect at that, but just by living the way that we should and even loving people, it doesn't even have to be like, you have to be perfect to be an example or let God use you. But if you're, you know, constantly seeking him and praying that he would use you, um, I feel like he's, he will, you know, you just got to be open to it and you have to be willing to be obedient, even if that means being uncomfortable, even if that means going on mission trips, yeah, and right. going to another country, or maybe it's even just inviting someone to church. That that can be like the scariest thing yeah. that you do, but it could be a life-changing thing for somebody else. Right. And so, I mean, can't take any of this stuff with us to heaven. So it's like, might as well live it all out for God while we yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. And so, um, yeah, just Going into, you know, the end of the sermon, you're know, quoting from uh, Isaiah 56, 7, uh, my house shall be a house of prayer or worship for all nations. And I think we have to, you know, take an inventory of ourselves and, you know, what we uh, 
you know, look at as, is this just a traditional thing that I am holding on to uh, that could be, um, you know, keeping others from, you know, feeling welcome here in, right. in the church and just evaluating ourselves and, and our church and maybe our our beliefs, our, our thought systems, our, the way that we, you know, interact with people and, you know, this should be a church for all nations. And so yeah. uh, how, you know, emulating that and, you know, keeping that as focus as we continue, you know, the Building for Tomorrow project, because that if we lose focus of that, then, yeah, it can be can be destructive. I mean, so. yeah. I mean, that's like the most exciting thing about the building that I think about and looking around, like we were all in the second service and it was just packed full. Eric was like, uh, you know, w- w- driving in here at 10 o'clock, right when it starts. <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's a line, right. Trying to mm-hmm. find parking is, and, um, and that's the excitement. Like that is the purpose of the, of the building. It's nothing more than the creating space for all nations, all people of, of different struggles and backgrounds to come and encounter God. And then again, there is a blow up of this church and it's a movement of, of God. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's nothing that, you know, is being sung. There's nothing that's being said that is special other than I think the Holy Spirit is moving through the people who are leading and who are are up there on Sunday morning and who are leading groups. And I think as a church, that would be like, you know, I'm not on leadership here. I I am a lot of groups, but like I'm not on staff. I'm not on any of that. And so like praying that like our staff and our people who are in um, on the board and, and making decisions that they would have continue because they, I, I feel like they do like, but they will continue to see the vision that God is, is unfolding for this church and that there would be a movement through this church in this community where people could come and feel welcomed and ultimately be saved, right? Like mm-hmm. that is the whole goal is that people would come find salvation and then they would enter the kingdom of God. Um, so I think yeah. that's my call. Like everyone as a church, we need to continue to pray for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you guys for joining me today. Uh, we will continue next week. Uh, other than that, have a great week. Thanks. <laughs>